there was a big tree and there was a noose hanging from one of the branches. And we can hear this noise, like it's just kind of everywhere, like all around us. It wasn't like it was coming from a certain area. We can hear my father and he is running really fast and he's screaming to get in the truck. And we're scared, like I've never seen my father scared before. From HV Studio, this is Unnerved. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome back to the Unnerved Podcast, where normal people share their abnormal stories, and if you enjoy true stories of the strange and terrifying, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Chris Fricke. The forest can be a great place to explore and reset. A place where you can take your family and enjoy the peaceful beauty around you. Forest reserves were founded on this principle to protect and preserve beautiful areas so that we can enjoy them and use them responsibly. But some people use these forests for a darker purpose. In today's story, Riley and her mother, Sean, recall a terrifying experience that happened to their family in the Pine Barren Forest of New Jersey an experience that became a father's unspoken horror. This is their story. So this story was one that was shared from my family members, primarily by my mother and my three aunts. So I I think I have been told the story quite a few times, but the, the time that I remember the most clear was when I was in high school. I'm 23 now, um, and I have never really been able to shake the story from me. It's kind of something that has always been kind of a mystery passed down from all these different cousins and, and aunts and, and my mom. Um, and I I, th- I still think about it pretty consistently and, and wonder what happened to this day. And my grandfather passed away in, in June of 2020. He was 96, so he did live uh, a long time and he had a very interesting life. And he was a man who had a lot of secrets anyways, and this just happens to be another one that he kind of took with him. My grandfather 
Well, I can give the sweater name John. Um, he was a man who was very callous and, and old-fashioned, and uh, in, in reality, he was kind of an, an abusive man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Um, when my mom had retold me the story at some different points in my life, I remember her saying, I've seen my father scream, I've seen my father yell, I've seen my father beat people, but I've never seen him scared. And this was the first time that she had seen him actually scared. He was kind of a, a, an incompassionate man. He was uh, racist as well. He was very much a macho man. Um, and like I said, very callous, especially for the times. Um, and he was also not at all religious or spiritual. He didn't believe in ghosts. He didn't really believe in God either. And this story takes place sometime in the 70s. Uh, it happened in uh, Salem County, New Jersey, which is a county that is in South Jersey and uh, is part of the Pine Barrens of South Jersey. And this, those are the woods that the story kind of takes place in. Um, and if you know anything about those woods, uh, you know it's rumored to be where the Jersey Devil resides, and that's where he lives, and those are his stomping grounds. He was actually supposedly born there, and the, the legend all roots from the Pine Barren, so it's supposed to be kind of a spooky place anyways. But one day, uh, during the summer, my grandfather, John, he decided to take his family out off-roading, which is something that uh, he liked to do often. He was just a woodsy man. He liked to go out there, and that was kind of how they spent their days, you know, when you're broke and you don't have much money and it's the 70s and you have you know five or six kids with you the easiest thing to do is really just kind of drive around put them somewhere and let them play for a few hours because it's free so that's what they would do they would go off into the woods take the big pickup truck throw all the kids in the in the um the back of the pickup truck and they would just drive around find some nice spots find a creek go fishing maybe and th that was another one of those days just his family out exploring the woods they had been off-roading for a little bit and they were just kind of driving around some back roads and back trails in the Salem County woods. While we're driving, we come up to a spot like a clearing. It's actually, there's like two dirt roads or in this woods um, where they intersect. And it was a little bit of a clearing. So my father pulled over and said, you know, we'll have our picnic here. We'll stop here. <laughs> but when we looked out, it was like a little graveyard. Like not an official graveyard, you know, with streets and roads to drive through. It was just some graves on the side of the road here. I don't know, maybe 20 graves? And one of them was like freshly dug. It still had like the, the lump of dirt that you see over a fresh grave. But the strangest, probably scariest thing was there was a big tree right along the road and there was a noose hanging from one of the branches. And the noose was swaying like back and forth. Very odd. But once we got out, my stepmother was, you know, getting the 
food, you know, out of the truck, we were unloading. We could hear something, like a thumping, like a bass, like, um, it was almost like vibrating through the air, like we could, like a chanting, like a thumping chant, and we didn't know what it was. So my father, he said, well, I'm gonna go look around, see what I can find. So he walked off, and I can remember him walking away, and we're playing, you know, we're throwing the frisbee around, my stepmom's setting up the picnic. And we can hear this noise, like it's just kind of everywhere, like all around us. It wasn't like it was coming from a certain area. It just sounded like it was everywhere. Almost like a parade. You know how the music in a parade, you can just feel it? But it wasn't really music. It was more like chanting or thumping. So while we're playing frisbee and running around, we can hear my father. He's he's starting he's yelling. He's, we can hear his voice. And we look down the street where he walked down he, the way he went. And we look down and we can see him running. And he is running really fast and he's screaming. Hey! Get in the effing truck! Get in the effing truck! And he's he's terrified. So he's running. And we're scared, like I've never seen my father scared before. And he's terrified. And he's running so fast, so we don't know what to do. And when he catches up to us, when he's there, my stepmother's trying to pack up the food. And he's saying, throw it in the effing truck, get in the truck, get in the truck. And he's freaking out, and we're almost like stunned we're not really moving but we know we need to because he's so scared so we get in he, in the truck and he peels away and he takes off and we're driving down these dirt roads you know the dust is flying out and we get the heck out of there Whatever John saw that day in the forest was never discussed with his children. He kept it to himself, and the girls soon learned that discussing the events of that day with their father didn't lead to any answers. And so, the family moved on with their lives. And I don't really remember like having many conversations about it while we were still, while we were teenagers and, and growing up. But when we were older when we were parents and and we would talk about it you know do you remember that day and we yeah we all remember that day um and we would ask my father about it he would never elaborate on what he actually would never say anything he would never told us what he saw he never told us if someone was chasing him or but nothing. So one time it was, before, I don't know, probably in the mid nineties, uh, maybe like maybe 90, 98, 99, around there. One of my sisters was visiting. She had moved to Florida. So she came to visit and we were at my father's house and we asked him about it. 
and he we said well where were we and he said somewhere out in salem county and well what did you see what was it and he said i i don't know i, I don't remember so my older sister the one who was visiting from florida she said well can you take us there you know can we go find it and he said i'm not sure if i remember where it was you know but we kind of talked him into it so we were a little caravan you know a couple cars like my dad and i'm in the other car we're all driving we're following him and we're just kind of driving around it was getting dark and he sort of pulled over us and he said yeah i don't i don't remember where it was and we asked well you know what what happened that day? What did you see? And he said, like I said, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. So he pulled over, oddly enough, in front of a cemetery, <laughs> but in the city of Salem. And we let the kids get out and we just took a walk. This was a regular cemetery, you know, like a regular type of place. So we uh, just let the kids walk around. It was summer, it was warm out. And while we were walking and just talking, we asked my stepmother, his wife, you know, what what did he tell you? And she said, he, oh, he didn't tell me anything and, you know, about that day, you know. And we asked her several times, you mean, he, he never told you what he saw? He never talked about it? And she said, no, no, he never, he never mentioned it. And that's the way it went forever. Like he never, ever told us where we were and what he saw. Yes, and now he died in, like I said, 2020. So whatever it was, I think my stepmother knows, but if she doesn't, it's gone, you know, with him to the grave. Yeah, it was very scary. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, this story has many questions that are begging to be answered. What or who was freshly buried? Were they hung from the noose? And who was chanting and beating drums deep in the forest? And most importantly, what did John see in the forest? What started as a joke a hundred years ago, when a group of men donned bedsheets for a romp, has over the years attracted to it persons charged with acts of harassment, intimidation, and violence throughout the South. Even though the nation has been outraged for many years, the Ku Klux Klan persists with its bizarre ritual and trappings. Do you have any theories as to a cult or anything like that? What are your thoughts on what you think it might be? I do. I think it may have been uh, the KKK. Like, they don't have, like, a large presence in South Jersey, but... Back then, they were around. Like when I was in high school, there was a girl that was in the clan. She was only a teenager, but I remember her talking about it. So they were definitely here. And there were 
marches and parades and stuff where they would be there that you know I heard about. I know the local paper when there was the rally in Millville, New Jersey and Vineland, New Jersey, which were in Cumberland County. Um, there were parades, um, rallies, and it was it was a big thing. I didn't certainly go to those. My you know my mother wouldn't wouldn't have let us go, but it was a news event, and it wasn't just like a one day thing. Like it was a period of time when they when that group was here and causing problems, you know, and. I, I kind of also, you know, my sisters and I have kind of talked about it through the years, um, like maybe a satanic ritual. And I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't know of anyone who's, you know, been involved with that. But the KKK, I can definitely say, I remember when it happened here. Yeah, and if satanic, cult, KKK, whatever, if there's a place to meet and do that, it's definitely in the woods. Middle of the woods, exactly, yes. Maybe they were, you know, killing someone, not to be over dramatic, but, you know, there was a noose at this graveyard. Was it, why was it there? You know, were they hanging someone? Is that what he saw? I mean, we go from it being nothing to this, you know, really horrible thing. But if it was the KKK and they were hanging someone in the woods, that this person would have at least been reported missing. There would have been some information about a person, you know, missing or, you know, if not been found, you know, dead. I, it, it just seems odd. Well, that very well may be, too. It's incredible the amount of people that do go missing and have never been found, you know, and it even if someone wasn't missing from that area, they could have been taken from that area and were missing from somewhere else. From somewhere else. Absolutely. And, you know, I, at the age that I was, I wouldn't have known if someone like we got the local paper, you know, like it was a violent paper, you know, like that's where I grew up. So... I didn't know the news in, you know, Salem County or Salem City or wherever you were. It's not like, not like today where you know everything because, you know, it's right, right in front of you on your phone. So. so there are two main theories that I kind of subscribe to when it comes to the story. And the main two would be, I believe it was either uh, a sect of the KKK or some type of other uh racial extremist group that was conducting group activities uh, in that space on that day, or it was a cult of some sort uh, practicing in in that area at that time. Um, and it was the 70s. So, you know, I mean, both of these groups were active at the time. The KKK has as far as I have known, when I when I posted the story on Reddit and it started to gain some traction, I did some research into the KKK in the area and other groups like that. And I wasn't able to find a lot, like a lot of cases of it or a lot of instances of it. But it is still plausible. And there were some articles that said, you know, there was a member here or 
uh, this certain part of this little town had some members there. It's not like it didn't exist in South Jersey. It just wasn't as common as it might be in other places. Um, and as far as cults, I, I did some research as well. And I believe that there was like one small cult that gained some traction that was in the South Jersey area. But I think it had happened a few years previous to when this happened. Gotcha. Something that comes to mind for me, I grew up near South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming. So like I'm used to Native American culture and like going to powwows and stuff like that. The drum beat, I'm not saying just Native Americans like have this beat, but that's what it, that's what goes to my mind is Native Americans. Is there any Native American history in that area that you know of? So, I mean, there, there is, uh, specifically, I know that the, the Lenape tribe was a big one in the South Jersey area. So I, I also used to live in a small town called Mays Landing, New Jersey, which, uh, there, there's a lot more information about like the Lenape tribe based around that small town, but the Lenape tribe controlled a lot of the East coast. I mean, I live in New York city now, and they also had part of the New York, what is now New York city as part of their territory. Um, and they were a large tribe, and I know that they that they were in New Jersey um, previously, and that we still have some people who are descendants of that tribe living in the state who I've met before. Um, I don't, but never in like my childhood or like never like what I know about New Jersey have I known there to be large populations of Native Americans still living in the in New Jersey. Well, there definitely were Native Americans here because a lot of our places, you know, have Native American names. Like there's very close to where I live now, Lake Lenape, Lenape being the Lenape, you know, tribe. So they definitely were, but there's not a community. There's not like a reservation or, you know, American um, Indian area where they live or, or anything not saying that there's not any I don't know any I don't know any that I you know through growing up here you know but they definitely were here you know because of the names that we had Riley briefly mentioned that the Pine Barrens is also where the legend of the Jersey Devil was born. The Jersey Devil is described as a kangaroo-like creature with the face of a horse, the head of a dog, bat-like wings, horns, and a tail. And for more than 250 years, this mysterious creature is said to have prowled the woods of the Pine Barrens. Though the legend is fascinating, it's hard to imagine how this creature could be linked to this story. Whether it was the KKK or a cult of some kind, we can only guess who it was. And what John saw that day in the forest may forever be a mystery. Thanks again for listening to Unnerved. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Next on Unnerved. 
so I pulled my curtains aside and there was a man in our backyard. Why is he in my backyard this time of night? And why was he looking at me the way he was? It was just like a few streets away from where we live. This whole family got murdered and this picture comes up on the news. I could not believe it. That is that guy that I made eye contact with. Share your story by writing the unnerved podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Unnerved Podcast. Thanks for listening.